make sure that you get references from every yeah. for from other operators right network with as many people as you can and when you find people who are investing in the same market um ask them hey do you have any references for property management companies hello and welcome to pillars of wealth creation where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate i'm your host todd dexheimer now let's get to it Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Susie Sevier and Michael Barnhart. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, Todd. Thanks so much. We're really excited to be on your podcast. Yeah, I love your energy. So this is just a blessing <laughs> to be here. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on and uh, we'll just we'll, we'll dive in. So Susie and Michael, they are founders of Adventurous Real Estate Investors uh, and they specialize in return on impact. So through real estate investing, they create immeasurable impacts in their family, with their friends, with their community, um, and everybody they serve. So they are also, and I think this is pretty cool, they're living across the ocean and they're investing in the US. So we'll dive into what like what that is, what that looks like, how do you even do it? Um, so let's let's get started. I'm sure there's a lot more about the both of you. So why don't we just kind of dial it back a little bit? Let's talk about your background. Like, you know, how did you start this journey? Why, why investing? Why, why, what, what does return on impact mean? Let's just kind of dial it in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to um, do that. So we started our journey actually because of COVID-19 and the lockdowns. So during the first lockdown, over here, it was a little over a hundred days. It started like March 23rd of 2020 and everybody was sent home and we could only leave once a day to go out and work out or go to the grocery store or the pharmacy. Wow, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that Locked. was just lockdown number it's one. Lockdown, we just got down to, done with number three. So yeah. And wow. with that, we choose not to have a TV. We've just like, we just aren't TV people, um, but we do love reading. So we decided to have a mini book club with one another because I had gotten a job as a program manager over here, but had not started the position yet. So I had time. And Michael, after he was done writing his first year report for his PhD, he had time. So in our mini book club, we, one of the books we read was multiple streams of income and a couple chapters in, it talks about real estate investing. And Michael's like, skip all of the first chapters, just read real estate investing. You have to, we have to do this. And so once we like dove in, and what I mean by that is like consuming so much content, right? Like podcasts were on 24 seven. We were reading as much as we could. We were looking at forums, reading forums, joining forums, you know, and then we found out that there's like this whole great world of meetups and conferences. So like slowly we got to all of that. And like, once we found out that virtual was going to be here for a little bit, we knew that it was the greatest opportunity for us to get in the space from over here because now brokers were on zoom everybody was like on social media, like mm. crazy. Like you could find out about all the meetups so much easier, you know, meeting people actually, like we have probably met people from at least like 30 States, you know, and that wouldn't have happened without everything going online. And so that was really just like our greatest in to it all. And then I guess even to like 
I know there's a lot to unpack in between, but from when we started till right now, we have like been lead sponsors on two deals and totaling 188 units in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So just even for anyone out there, like you can literally do it from mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. You just literally have to like believe in yourself and have the like great people on your team and have those systems and processes in place because it works. Like, and that's the whole thing, right? All of us want like time freedom. But with that, I hear all the time, like, oh, I want to be able to travel. And oh, and I want to do this. I'm like, well, if people want to go on like three or four month vacations with their family or even just over the summer, right? For like school break, then why can't we just do this 12 months out of the year instead of three? Yeah, that's, that's super cool. And, and I, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, COVID things got shut down. So you guys being from somewhere across the world is no big deal. I mean, what's, what's the time zone difference from Tulsa to England? Is it nine six, or 10 hours? Six oh, it's hour. six. Oh, only, yeah. only six. Yeah. Right. So, but, I mean, like, that's, that's awesome that you, you, and you don't have to, cause you, everybody's virtual. Like you said, like all these brokers are virtual, everybody's yeah. virtual, these conferences, uh, conferences and the, the meetups all went virtual. So it didn't matter that you guys couldn't like go live to the Tulsa meetup or anything like that. Yeah. Cause nobody else was going live. You right. had no disadvantage there. It didn't matter. So that, that's, a, that's actually really cool. And something that I don't, I think a lot of people didn't probably take full advantage of the fact that, you know, everybody's virtual. So. I'm going to take advantage of this and I'm going to connect with people I normally wouldn't probably connect with. Right. Yeah. And even with meetups or conferences, like I've heard of like some people's meetups having like a hundred people. Right. But like once it went virtual, people could have even way more than that. And people from all over and same with conferences, right? If there was a great networking component, you meet way more people than you would have in person. And I say that for me personally, right? Because even at conferences, I'm not like the one in the middle of the room being like, hey, let's be friends. You know, I'm kind of nervous. But when you are in Zoom and you get put into a breakout room, you automatically meet. You're forced to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that's been a saving grace because I was like, oh, cool. Well, now I can just sit in my living room and be comfortable. Whereas like, before I wouldn't have been comfortable because like that wasn't a skill that I had. And so it was just phenomenal. And everybody wants to talk in real estate investing, which is even, that's great in itself. Cause like afterwards you can bring conversations offline and be like, Hey, now we can be friends. (laughs) You know, it worked. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, so that's cool. Virtual was like a, it was actually a blessing for you guys and you took advantage of it and, and you were able to to do something. Why Tulsa? What ha- like, why Tulsa? Why, why actually, why not where you're living? <laughs> um, so why not here? It's a little bit, it's challenging here. Um, well, being military, um, buying so short term, buying foreign property, uh, yeah. would be a little bit of a challenge. Well, and the for- rates are like completely different. If you don't, if you're not like a, I guess a native or right. a citizen. Yeah. The spread between interest rates and cap rates is, is very minimal here. And so you can't really make that much money off of, uh, uh, real what, estate. What's a cap rate in, um, in the area or maybe you don't know, but if, if you do I, know, I, like what's a cap rate? I know it's like, it depends, depends on where you're at, but, uh, it'd be around like one or two. So not, not very not favorable. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> or yeah. Wow. And so even... when people in the US complain about cap rates compressing, you you just kind of go, well, at least we can do it. It's still yeah. pretty like, good. 
Yeah. Still, got, yeah, still got plenty of room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to that's actually what I talk a, a, a lot about is these cap rates. People talk about cap rates compressing. And I say, well, look, if you look at the rest of the developed world, the U.S. actually has pretty good cap rates still. And we're becoming more and more of a global economy uh, where people can invest from, I mean, you guys are from the U.S., right? But you're investing from over in England. Somebody from England could do the same thing that lives there, that's from there. They could do the same thing. And that's what's happening. And, you know, it's just our cap rates, I think, are compressed for reasons because people can come out from all over the place. Yeah, and um, I know, sorry, I know somebody like from um, like China and hmm. they actually invest in the UK because even over here, the cap rates are obviously like wow. and everything is much more favorable than yeah. it is over there. So it really just depends where you are to decide what's favorable to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have an investor from China who said they are, uh, their strategy is to lose money for the first eight years and then they figure that after that they start to make money. Wow. So that's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting way to look at things, but let's, let's get back to it. So, so why Tulsa? Yeah. So when Susie was mentioning, you know, we started listening to the podcast so that we also started posting a lot on social media about real estate investing that ended up um, bringing a lot of people started, you know, messaging us back and talking about how they're in real estate and think people we didn't even know that were involved in real estate. And one of those people that messaged us, I was actually an academy classmate of mine uh, from undergrad. And so he messaged, he's like, hey, you know, I'm, I just went full-time real estate. I'm in Oklahoma City. I'm looking to make a move into multifamily as well. Let's talk. And so we, we had a little chat and our goals aligned. Um, I already, I've known him for like 15 years more now. And we had a little chat and I was like, listen, we can do a lot of the things from over here right? The only thing that we can't do is we can't walk the assets. We can't touch the assets, can't smell the assets, right? (laughs) And so we need somebody to do that for us. Like, we'll tell you exactly what we need you to do when you're on the property. He's like, totally cool. I can do that. And so he's in Oklahoma City. One of the markets that we evaluated was Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Um, There was a lot of great markets. And with the current uh, economic situation, whatever's going to happen, we wanted more cash flowing assets than like assets that are banking more in appreciation. So we picked like these, you know, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, like higher cap rates and in Midwest cities as well. Um, and so in our analysis, Oklahoma City and Tulsa was one of those and our boots in the ground happens to be in Oklahoma City and Tulsa is just an hour, a short drive from there. And so we started looking at more and more properties in both Oklahoma City and Tulsa and just happens that we ended up getting our first property in Tulsa, which is also, also, because we're a property management company, another thing that's been made is very success, successful from over here is our property management company aligns with us so well, right? We trust them completely. And that's huge from being over here because, because we're not on the ground over there, we have to be able to trust who's carrying out our business plan Monday through Friday, right? Or Monday through Sunday, right? And so we, we wanted to make sure that we aligned ourselves with a property management company in a specific market um, that made sense. And so Tulsa ended up being that market. We ended up getting a property there. And now we're really focusing and dialing in on Tulsa because of that. And our property management company is mainly based in Tulsa for now. Um, so, and it's Northwest Arkansas. So, so let's, um, let's dig in then a little bit uh, because I think it's a super valuable for people who are investing 
quite frankly, even in their own backyard, but are, especially if you're investing out of state or out of country, um, we got to dig into the team. So I super valuable. You found a partner that was boots on the ground. Um, then you have this property management company that you trust. How did you get to know them? How did you verify that they would actually be good? Like what are some of the key things that you did that maybe somebody else could repeat? So we interviewed actually like four or five and we could just tell in the conversations, right? Like when we were talking about like our business plan, we just got a lot of yeses and we're like, we don't want yeses. Like we need feedback, you know, we're all the way over here. Like you're supposed to totally understand the market. And actually like we got introduced to an individual who is now like our advisor and he was also investing in the area and like, right. Like I would think one of the first or second conversations, he was like, you have to go with this property management company. Like there's no other ones. Cause he had, he has five, mm-hmm. five assets there. And so he's like, we have gone through them. If you haven't talked to these ones yet, you need to now. <laughs> and so like even that word of mouth, but well, is that the like, one you picked the one he said you should go with? Yeah. yeah. Cause then I'll even after okay. having conversation with um, her name is Amy. She is the CEO. Like it was very interactive, you know, and it still is like, oh, let's wait to do that. Like, let's not do a bunch all at the beginning. Like we need to spread it out. You're going to freak people out. Like, because our big thing, like that was talked about in the beginning is return on impact. Like we're not going in and trying to add 400 fees all at one time. Like I wouldn't like that. So why would I assume that somebody else would? And, you know, just like having another property manager who actually cares about, the residence was like the biggest part. Like we should do events, you know, even for example, right? Like we want to put in a fire pin. She's like, let's not just put it in. Like, let's kind of make it look strategic. Like it's something we thought about. Like she also like cares about the property and wants the property look good, looks to look good because it's also a representation of her and her company, you know, like she's built the company up. She doesn't want people to go to a property and have somebody be like, oh, whoa, like, I don't want to use this property manager because of X, Y, Z, like. Yeah. That was so English of you to say Z instead of Z. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so three actionable things for your listeners, Todd, cause you were asking what, you know, yeah. how can people replicate what we did? So three actionable things, obviously find as many property management companies in your specific market that you're interested in investing in, interview them. And the first thing you want to look for is make sure that they're not saying yes to everything. Make sure that the, that the conversation is bi-directional right? Not unidirectional, right? They're not just listening and saying, yes, yes, yes. They're not a yes man or a yes woman, right? Yeah. And they're actually providing feedback. That's number one. Number two, make sure that you get references from every, yeah. for, from other operators, right? Network with as many people as you can. And when you find people who are investing in the same market, um, ask them, hey, do you have any references for property management companies? And the third thing is just make sure, making sure that how they act and how they treat the residents is, is how you want to do it, right? Because for us, like when property management companies say tenant, that isn't to us, that's like a little, it's a curse word in our ear, right? Because we think of it as residents, not tenants. And we think of them as apartment communities, not, you know, complexes or whatever, you know? So like, just like little tweaks like that is what we look for when we're interviewing property management companies. Yeah, that's really good. I, I really like that last part where they, they align with what you want, you know, if you're, 
if you're only looking for bottom line, well, then I guess find the property manager that's only looking for bottom line. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for that impact, that care, that, you know, then find that property manager that looks for that as well and that mm-hmm. talks like that. And I like that you mentioned how they talk because you can ask a question or you can say what your goals are and somebody can say, yes, we agree. But by hearing the conversation that comes out out of them naturally, you can tell a lot by somebody talking about their tenants, like you said, versus their residents, by somebody talking about the apartment complex and the money you can make versus the impact. That's a different kind of language and conversation. So really think about how they line. I like that a lot. I think that's that's super valuable. Of course, referrals are great too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's really cool. What else? So, I mean, again, you're, you, have you guys visited your properties yet? No. Yep. Yeah. Cause COVID's like, you know, still, some, yeah, kind of crossed <laughs> that a little bit. Uh, so, so what, what other steps are you doing then to make sure these properties are successful? So we have weekly calls, weekly Zoom calls with our, you know, with our regional and also the on-site manager. And then sometimes the CEO, you know, pops in every now and then. Um, so weekly calls to make sure that they're carrying out our business plan as we laid it out. So what we did um, before we took over the properties, we wrote out like a 90-day is it, is it a value-add? Sorry. It is value-add. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we did at our, right before takeover, we had a sit down with a property management company who said, here is our 90 day business plan. And in that business plan, we laid out, you know, rent increases, what we're going to be spending on each unit turn, what capital uh, expenditures we're going to be doing and what were our NOI targets and our expense targets, things like that in Q1, two, three, four throughout the rest of the year. Um, so we shared all that information. We laid out the strategic plan for our property management company, and then they go and run the operational and the tactical level if you want to get military, I guess. And so um, that's, so we have the weekly calls. We made sure that our business plan was communicated correctly to them. But then we also use a project management software. Um, we use Asana. So there's plenty out there, monday.com, Asana, Trello, things like that. We use Asana because we can have our onsite manager, the CEO and the regional all hooked in and everybody else who's on the asset management team, all hooked into this one platform. And then we create a task, you know, like, you know, um, get quotes for, you know, fireplace or a fire ring or whatever. And so units that need to be like renovated, you know, like we can see exactly which ones they are and see what steps have been taking place. Yeah. And so when when you create a task in there, you can upload all the documentation to that specific task. Everybody comments on that specific task and you're not trying to follow like an email trail that has been huge. So Susie and I both have experience in project management and program management. And so like, we're just taking what we know outside of real estate through project management and then bringing that inside of real estate. So like leveraging our skill set mm-hmm. in order to be make sure that we're successful. And that has been huge for us using a project management software. Yeah, I love, I love it. And really giving that detailed business plan so they understand what they're trying to achieve. Right? Yeah, you can never hear like, oh, I didn't know. It's like, yeah. Oh. We, did. <laughs> we, we talked about this remember <laughs> we've gone through this we showed you this business plan uh cut and dry well and but i think it, it does eliminate that possibility for that excuse but it also aligns right it aligns you yeah. guys together and so how, how do you discipline a property management company when you didn't tell them anything 
right? right. When you're just like, hey, we just want to make money. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. Like we these rents are got to get to here. Great. Okay, let's do it. Go do your thing. But wait, what do we do? Like we don't know your yeah. expectations. So spend that's, all the money. You don't care. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that's great. And and so then you use Asana. You up, I, I, I like the. Um, that's something I've been looking at is is how do we how do we how do we become a better project manager um, versus just you know like you said you throw all these emails out there and so, so a lot of them get lost or. Mm-hmm. you got just, just crazy amount of email chains. You're like, I don't even know what happened. Um, right. So this is a system that you can put it all in there. That's great. Um, did you syndicate your deal or did you guys, how, how'd you do that? We did. We syndicated both of them. We're actually them. under contract for another property right now. It's just a JV though. So it's our first okay. JV. So we're excited about that. But, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so syndicating overseas, was there, was there, was there any hesitation with that? Like, Hey, you guys are way over there or did, were a lot of your investors from area? Like how, how did that work? So all of our investors are from the U S and actually all of our majority of our investors, like we're not friends and family. So we're like not, back, or we're, we're not, we're not. Yeah. Oh. And so like going back to the whole virtual space, that's how we met all of our investors. Um, mm like during meetups or in conferences, like when the Zoom picture was up, like we would take a screenshot and like reach out to everybody afterwards and be like, hey, like what was, what was something you learned from the conference? And, you know, like just start that conversation because I mean, we had to start somewhere. And so that's just what we did. And when people saw us showing up over and over and over. And when people saw us putting out weekly content and posting on LinkedIn and, you know, like showing that we were truly into this, that is actually what made it easier, right? Because you need those touch points. Like we can't just tell someone, oh, we're investing in real estate. When we finally get a deal, like you'll just get that one email. No, like we have to stay top of mind. And for us to stay top of mind, it was just showing up at the meetups, conferences, checking in on LinkedIn, all of the things. We were like, at one point we were doing 20 to 25 investor calls a week because we knew we needed the momentum. I mean, one person said to us, you needed to start raising capital yesterday. And it was like, oh, okay, jetpacks are going on. We need to start this journey immediately. And so that's just what we had to do. And I'm even by that point, we were still in lockdown. So that was also pretty great, right? When you actually yeah. can't leave your house, you have so much more time to do stuff. Like if I had the opportunity to go hang out with friends, or say, no, that's really difficult for people. No, I can't hang out tonight. No, I have to do this. No, I have to work. You know, we never actually had to say that. And so it gave us a lot of time to just work on this business. And like, we have an end goal. And so that was like the biggest part too. Like we have to put a lot of the work in now or else we might not achieve it. And if we don't achieve it, the only people we can blame is ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I like that if we don't achieve it, the only people we can blame is ourselves, which um, is pretty rare these days. People want to blame everybody else. Yep. <laughs> uh, what's your, what was your best source for finding capital then? Was it the conferences? Was it LinkedIn? Was it something else? What was your best? What do you feel like your best source was? I think it was probably just a combination of everything. Um, yeah. Like just... finding them at conferences and meetups and then following up on LinkedIn. Yeah. So it was mm. a mix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So find, find them through the conference, connect with them to LinkedIn, and then just keep that connection going. 
Yeah. And yeah. so that's how we did it at the very beginning. Right. And so that's kind of in our, our whole marketing piece is like transition now, like as we're learning more, we're building more into the business, adding more things. So like we started a podcast, we've started a YouTube channel, like we're, you know, blogging all the time and, and posting like four or five times a week, if not every, I think Susie posts every day. <laughs> posting on where? On both uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, yeah. and, LinkedIn. And, and, okay. and Instagram, actually. So using all three platforms, um, a lot of traction on Facebook, a lot of traction on LinkedIn. Um, Instagram, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. It's, that's a trial. So now we have, <laughs> we have all these systems in place and we have like multiple lead magnets and things like that. So we're getting like, you know, dozens and dozens of cold leads all the time. And now we're just slowly. So that's, we have the systems in place now where the cold leads come in and then they become warm and then they can become hot leads when they start talking to us. Right. Yeah. And so now the leads are just coming in that way versus us going out there and putting all the effort in, because now we're focusing on asset management and the business and, and setting up the processes in the back end so we can have those cold leads come in that way. Yeah. And even just over time, like your exposure changes. So now like some of the meetups I used to attend have gone back in person. It's like, okay, well, what do I do now? Or conferences have gone back in person. So it's like, okay, how do we reach people a different way if like that medium is taken away? And that's definitely where the podcast and the YouTube channel came in because I mean, that's all we can do until we potentially move back, right? So it's just being creative on those different ways of meeting new people. Yep, absolutely. Love it. Man, tons of actionable steps so far. I mean, if, if you're listening to this, you're going, I, I, I want to get into the game or I want to step up the game. I mean, there's been a ton of actionable steps that we've talked about um, today. So this has been, this has been great. What's a mistake that you guys have made and how did you learn from it? How can you teach our listeners? Um, I think a big mistake that we made was like not verifying more deeply on like the rent rule because oh, yeah. who we bought the property from also had in-house property management. Yeah, so they're vertically integrated. Yeah. So like just not digging deeper, asking for more like verification and confirmation. That was our biggest mistakes. And like was there, know, was there just some falsification or was it maybe, what, what was it? Was it just that it wasn't as well occupied or? or yeah. The, the, yeah. The rent roll was padded. Be straight up honest with you. Like <laughs> um, it was padded and we verified the way, you know, that you should verify income, you know, uh, looking at, you know, certified uh, documents and what we should have done is verified multiple different ways right yeah. and so now you know you need to ask for like tax returns and things like that like um, looking at bank statements that directly go with everything right because the individual had three properties wrapped in one and he's like well the bank statements have all of the properties and like right there i should have known that was a red flag because i was in accounting and i'm like you never have three like different businesses for one bank account you know i knew that and I, but also i'm like I would never do that to somebody. So why would somebody do that to someone else? No, never again. You know, like I usually start people at hundred and majority of people get to be started at zero now. Yeah. Is, yeah. But the great thing about it is we align ourselves to the right property management company yeah. and they took care of it. They're know? warriors. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, the really good operations can mask a lot of, you know, upfront issues. Yeah. I can imagine if we had a really terrible property management company, yeah. we'd be you know, crashing and burning. So yeah, because yeah. now we're say crashing and burning, but it would be very more difficult, be difficult. Right? Yeah. difficult. A lot more emotional. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? That's I'd good. be in Tulsa somehow. I would have like taken that canoe and gotten there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could just see you, Susie, like get across the ocean. Yeah. You got your robo, you know. You'd be making the Olympics after that. So Woo, I love it. <laughs> how do you like to how do you like to give back? Oh, so that's a great question. So I'm actually like huge on volunteering. You know, I've done a lot with big brothers, big sisters. I've done a lot with girls on the run. And like the main thing with all of that is like just education, you know, and actually like our long-term is to be able to like live in different developing countries and communities and like build schools if that's what is needed, just because like basic education can solve so many problems. And Mm so- that's just been That's huge. The ultimate goal. Yeah. yeah. Like right now it's been difficult because everything is shut down over here, but <laughs> yeah, previously big on like wherever education is a part of like a volunteer opportunity, then that's what we do. Yeah. And we're huge on this little analogy here is like, we like to be your metaphor. We don't call it. We like to be a barrel full of monkeys versus a, a bucket, bucket full of crabs. Full of crabs. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a barrel full of crabs, but a bucket full of crabs. So if you ever watch a bucket full of crabs, they're all trying to get out, right? And they're reaching up and pulling each other down, right? So you don't want to be in that bucket full of crabs. What you want to be is a barrel full of monkeys because if you ever played barrel full of monkeys, the <laughs> monkey is reaching up, you know, grabbing onto the monkey and um, above him or her, and then also reaching down, right? So not only are you always reaching up, but you're also reaching down, helping other people up. And so we love to give back that way. We always we always make room on our calendar to chat with any anybody who wants to learn more about how we set up our backend processes, or anything like that. Because like, that's what helped us, right? Like having people getting on calls who were like way further in the journey than we were. And even like one piece of advice from it, you know, that's the best part. And even with conferences, actually, sorry, now I got to keep going. If you learn one thing from a conference, it was worth it. You know, like so many people are like, oh, this is too much. I don't know if I'll learn enough, but like one thing is all you need to learn because like, so many of us in this space are like, oh, I read 88 books last year, you know, like that was me. But like how many like actionable items was I taking from every book? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But like Mm -hmm. we went to 10 conferences, we probably pulled one or two things out of each one and that's what's helped us. You know, just like that little like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. That will work. Yep, yep. And just meeting that one or two people as well at each Mm -hmm. conference. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. Um. What's a favorite book? You've read a ton of books, obviously. <laughs> so what's a favorite real estate or business uh, related book? So for a business book, I'm going to say who, not how. Like mm. just finding all of the who's to do your hows. Because if you try to complete all the hows, you are not going to scale. You know, like we, like whatever your queen bee role is, like forget, almost forget about everything else, right? Like we are not social media experts. We are not video editors. We are not all these other things, all these other roles that we try to take on. So like, if you find somebody else who's way better at you than it, which there are people out there who are, you just have to like, give yourself that grace to like, accept it because then you can go so much further. You can get so much more out there. You know, you won't be working 12 hours a day. Yeah. And for a real estate book, I actually have two recommendations um, because they should come in a box set and maybe I'll suggest this to the authors, but uh, the, the, if you're looking to get into apartment syndications, the best book about apartment syndications is the best ever apartment syndication book by Joe Fairless. That is like the, the textbook of learning how to syndicate, like at least getting your, um, uh, 
uh, what's I'm trying to look what's wrong anyways at least getting the initial education piece for yeah. apartment syndications a book that uh, should accompany that is raising money for real estate and that is by hunter thompson um raising capital for real estate and so hunter thompson uh wrote that book and i think that's the best uh money raising book that i've ever read so that helped us a lot cool cool so. awesome some some good stuff there. Um, all right. So last question before we wrap up. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Oh, yeah, those are really good. So like, maybe you guys each need to do it. I don't know. Maybe it's totally uh-huh. different. So we'll see. We'll see where, we, where this goes. I was like, we practiced, we talked about this before. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, then we got it. We're good. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say the first one. So I actually think a huge one is giving. So like Mm. when you give to others, like you naturally get it back in return, you know, and through that, I think that builds so many different kinds of wealth. Yeah. And the second one is tenacity. Um, And just like the go-getter, like never give up, find a, find a roadblock, find a way around it, over it, through it, whatever you got to do. I feel like a lot of really successful real estate investors have that. And so it's just huge. Yeah. yeah. And then the third one would be like knowing like your why or your end goal, because that's what is going to give you energy like every day to complete that task. Right. So when I said like in the middle of the podcast, like the only people we can blame is ourselves, that's what I mean. And it's not going to take like one try and you're like, Oh, this is my angle. You know, like you think about it, like you think about like huge, it's almost like vivid vision, like creating your vivid vision, you know, what you want your life to be, what you want your business to be like, how you want to be with your family and friends, with your community, how you want to be with yourself. Like if you know that, and then you can visualize it and write about it and think about it, that's what will give you energy to have 20 to 25 investor calls a week if you need to. Love it. Love it. Giving tenacity and knowing your why, knowing your angle. Love those. How can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on? Yeah. So the best way to get a hold of us, Todd, is just to go to adventurousrei.com forward slash info. And that's a landing page where you can read more about Returnal Impact, which Susie talked about. You can connect with us on LinkedIn there. You can find our podcast, find our YouTube channel and all the other educational resources we have just on that one landing page. Again, that's adventurousrei.com forward slash info. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes too. Well, Susie and Michael really appreciate it. Like like you said, it's just tons of action that you've given our listeners today. So, and that, I love these episodes. They're like, this is what you need to do. Like now, like we've set a blueprint today. And so just go and do it, like repeat these steps and you're going to find success. It can be repeated. So um, keep on being a barrel of monkeys. I love it. <laughs> uh, you guys you. have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you too, yeah, it's a pleasure being on. So thank you for having us. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So 
the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, you want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.